We're back with another episode of the Apex Nutrition Podcast, and today, Kelly, I'll let you uh, take it away on fat loss and and the endurance athlete. What do you got? All right. Well, Ben, this is something I kind of do the most. It's kind of become my niche to help um, endurance athletes lose fat either because they have some pounds to lose or even kind of obtain that race weight that people are going for. Um, people are going to do it anyway, and so a lot of times I see it as my job to really help them do it in a healthy way and to feel strong. What my experience has been is before people come to me, they're, uh, they're so confused on how to lose weight and how to do it while training that they're kind of on the brink of being kind of over-fatigued and over-trained and not recovering and kind of almost like you know, sickly in that they get, they do get sick, colds and respiratory infections and that sort of thing more than ever as they're trying to reach that race weight. So I've well, kind of. And actually, I, I'm just going to bust in there, but I, and I, just the, like you sent over this list of topics kind of that we're going to run through. Um, and yesterday I was listening to another podcast. I'll, shall remain nameless at the moment, but, um, <laughs> anyhow, my point is there was a study that came out. He was talking about the study, um, about, the whole fat loss and doing long endurance training. And basically it boiled down to that it was bad to, you know, try to lose all this weight while like trying to really train a ton. Um, you know, it was really hard to do. And there was some, some bad things that, uh, happened over a long period of time with people that tried to do that. So, yeah. And I think a lot of it comes from just, um, people's initial reaction to how to do it is just to reduce carbs because we've all heard, you know, or not, I'm sorry, not carbs. Oh, I just gave away the whole show <laughs> um, <laughs> to reduce calories because we've all heard, you know, calories in, calories out. Um, and so they'll just start starving themselves and they're hungry and they're not recovered and it just leads to muscle loss. Um, there's lots of problems. Um, but the, at the same time, you know, being an athlete myself, and one of the reasons why people come to me is because I do understand the need for race weight as well, because strength to weight ratio is kink, you know, out there. As soon as you start sacrificing strength, you're no longer improving that, though, so there's a fine, fine line, um, but I'm not going to be someone who's going to tell, within reason, who's going to tell an athlete, I'm sorry, you know, that's unhealthy, because it's not necessarily unhealthy if it's done right. And, you know, one of the most extreme examples I can give is working with, um, pro cyclists who, um, you know, I, I worked extensively with one who you know, toured to France and did the Colorado tour and all of that last year. And, um, you know, these, these guys are 5'10", 5'11", in a wing, 125 to 130. It's yeah. it's very, very light. And it, it's lighter than what you see in mountain biking because, uh, we have, you know, it generally are a little bit more muscular maybe and more girth. I shouldn't say more muscular, but just, just Big boned. bigger and yeah, big husky. <laughs> no, it is. It is. Kind of, it's a different thing, you know. There's more, uh, you know, the, the climbs yeah. are steeper and more sturdy, and it, it develops different types of muscles. But anyway, um, yeah. So it was his job to stay that light. So I wasn't going to say, oh, you know, good luck. I can't be a part of that. Right. It, you know, it's um, it's something that you, you can do in a healthy way. And the results with him were great. He felt stronger and better and better recovered than ever and had a great year. So, um, so, so yeah, that's what we'll talk about and I'll give away all my secrets right here. Perfect. So, <laughs> so the whole, uh, we'll, we'll forget about the, the C word that you teased out. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So how do we do that? So what, uh, like if I'm trying to, let's say I'm, you know, 
I don't even know, five or 10 pounds over at this point yeah. and I have a race a couple months up, you know, I'm, I'm putting you on the spot and getting specific, but you know, that's what the guys are thinking right now. And what, what do yeah. I need to do? Yeah. Well, let me give you a ton of background. Um, mm-hmm. when you're, when you're eating, you're eating some sort of combination of carbohydrates, proteins, fats, fiber, which is a type of carbohydrate, but a very special one, fluids, right? Those go into your mouth. This is, we're just going to go through digestion a bit because mm-hmm. this is really what it comes back to. Mm-hmm. In your mouth, simple carbohydrates. So simple carbohydrates are going to be white starches and sugars, especially if they're in liquid form, then they're even more broken down because, remember, it's your, your stomach's job to liquefy. So if something's in a liquid before it gets there, that's going to be fast digestion. That works for sometimes um, and against us other times. Anyway, in your mouth, simple carbohydrates actually start to break down. They're the only thing that starts that soon. Our bodies are like sucking out that energy as soon as it, you know, it gets to your mouth. So anyway, everything goes down to your stomach. Your stomach is like a holding tank that liquefies. It adds in some acids, some enzymes, and then mechanically churns food in order to liquefy it doesn't absorb anything, just liquefies, goes into your intestines. And this is where further um, digestion of things getting broken down and absorption happens. So the key here is in your stomach, different um, nutrients affect the rate at which things leave. So simple carbohydrates, a meal of only simple carbohydrates, let's say um, some toast with some jelly on it, is going to leave very quickly in 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 liquid form or if it's like a sports, like a gel, um, some sort of a cliff bar, some sort of, sort of energy food that's made to break down fast, we're talking hit your bloodstream within 15 minutes. Now, this is something that your body takes very seriously because when sugar is in your bloodstream, for anyone who doesn't have diabetes, your body has a mechanism to get it out of your bloodstream as soon as possible. When sugar is in your bloodstream, it can cause all sorts of damage. And this is what happens when someone does have diabetes and this mechanism isn't working. Arteries harden. There's risk to your kidneys. There's risk to your eyes. Because of hardened arteries, there's problems. So your your body has something in place to say, whoa, let's get the sugar out of the bloodstream and into the cells where it can't really do any harm. But that is where it's stored as fat. And how it does that is it sends out insulin. Insulin is a hormone, and it's an anabolic hormone, which means that it's all about um, increasing storage, kind of like anabolic steroids, you know, increase mm-hmm. muscle mass. In this case, it's going to increase fat storage. So with insulin getting that sugar from your bloodstream into your cells, that's all about fat storage. So anytime your body requires extra insulin, it's going to store fat. Now, the time it requires it the most is whenever we have either a lot of simple carbs when we are not in the midst of activity, that's going to be a key and come back to it. When it's not immediately before, during, or after activity, and anytime we just kind of overeat any sort of meal all at once. So when people don't eat all day, you have no idea how many clients I um, that come to me who kind of just don't eat all day and then are starving at night and then eat like a huge meal at night. This totally goes against all the rhythms of our bodies wanting to eat when we're active and wanting to lighten up at night. But also it just requires a lot of insulin because your body just can't deal with that and doesn't want it in the, um, in the bloodstream. So going back to the stomach, proteins, not ones that are broken down. So like whey isolate, that's going to be a faster one because, again, your body doesn't have to break it down like it normally would. Um, so it's going to be faster. But normal proteins, if you're thinking like an egg or, you know, uh, or, yeah, Greek yogurt or meats, those are going to take a couple hours to leave your stomach. Fats take longer than that, except for ones, again, that are broken down or um, something we've talked about before is um, coconut oil or a medium-chain triglyceride source. That one's a fast one. But most fats 
take longer. And then the last thing to leave is fiber. Fiber is like five hours later, three to five hours later. It's finally getting through your stomach. We don't even have the right enzymes to break apart those bonds. We can't even like get the energy out of that. Um, an example I give is most animals can, and that's why a cow can eat grass and be hundreds and hundreds of pounds. And we could never eat a vegetable and be hundreds and hundreds of pounds because we can't access this very slow. To your intestines, very slow. Does not, all these other things I've listed do not cause these increases in insulin. So, now you know why we're going to um, talk about carbohydrates. Carbohydrates and this insulin cycle is kind of a huge key to fat loss. So, when I work with a client to lose fat, one of the first things I talk to them about is kind of my philosophy of separating training nutrition from daily nutrition. So, daily nutrition is our everyday, you know, breakfast, lunch, dinner, snacks in between, kind of what you would think of if you weren't training at all that day, maybe not training for a few days. We are going to absolutely reduce carbs there. A tendency of athletes is that since we know carbs are good for us when we're training, kind of overeat all carbs you all the habit, time. You get in the habit of just you, eating that. It's hard. It is, and it's and it's somewhat old school. That's used to what we taught. Mm-hmm. You know, 65, 75, 80% of your diet should be carbohydrates. And it's a huge amount. And a lot of times this doesn't affect people when they're in their 20s so much, when they're kind of getting into mm-hmm. it. Cause they, so they learn what to do, and then all of a sudden, women in their 30s and men in their 40s, it's like all of a sudden, their bodies just aren't staying as lean as they used to be, and they're eating the same thing, and a lot of times, it's very high in carbs. So the way I moderate this, and it's not that I'm like low-carbs Atkins by any means, but the way I do it is um, for breakfast and lunch, we are just going to moderate it a little bit, you know, down around, you know, maybe one to two sources of carbohydrates in a meal. So let's say someone's having oatmeal in the morning. And they're used to having like a cup and a half of oatmeal with a banana on top and some honey and uh, maybe a few nuts sprinkled in there. What we'll usually do is cut that oatmeal and add Greek yogurt to it to try to make it like a creamier oatmeal. Maybe half of a banana, throw in some chia seeds, increase the nuts, and now you've got something that's lower in carbs but still there. You know, more protein, more healthy fats, um, and it's a complete meal. So what we're really doing is I'm not taking away total calories most of the time. I'm increasing proteins and increasing healthy fats. That slows down digestion, right, like we talked about through, and really, really moderates that insulin reaction that happens um, and stores fat. So that's going to be something like breakfast and lunch. We'll still have carbohydrates and snacks. Usually I match one, one carbohydrate like, let's say, an apple with a um, – with a fat or a protein, like some nuts or nut butter or something like that. You know, there can be a variety, but, but that's kind of the general template. Um, wherever in there is training then. So for a lot of people, it's kind of early um, evening after work. We'll take that afternoon snack and make that a pre-training snack. So something um, that we've talked about before with training fuel, maybe a half of a smoothie, maybe just something that's um, quicker to digest, like the cliff bar or whatever kind of bar thing people like. A banana even is, is a pretty fast fruit. So... Um, so and they'll have that, and then going into that pre-training, that pre-training meal. Just I, I kind of want to get people's mindset, um, where I think you're going, and where compared to where you know my thinking is at. You know, mm-hmm. with that pre-training meal, is that something yeah. that you know? Okay, we need to get pre-training, during, and post-training. We need to get all the fuel that we need for that training session, whether it's thirty minutes or six hours. We need to make sure that that window is enough to fuel that training, and then the rest of the day you would just treat as normal. Is that kind of what exactly? You're... Okay. Yes, 
Yes, and every day, day in and day out, your your daily nutrition, it is all about wellness and, in this case, about moderating your carbs for fat loss. It is about, you know, and even this small amount of carbs will keep your glycogen stores up just fine. We we can only store so much glycogen because humans can only hold so much muscle. And so that is not usually an issue. When someone is, you know, okay, we are talking about losing fat. So if someone is in the middle of, like, you know, the a huge... T- Cross country tour. That's not what we're right. talking about. But then they're doing really that too. So then yeah, they exactly. That's a constant during event. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes. So hear me on that one. Yeah. Um, but even let's say with this, um, this pro cyclist I worked with last time, an issue he had was he would actually gain weight while at the Tour de France in years past because there is this all consuming eat carbs all the time. So even there, we moderated it a bit. Um, but, but still. Yes, the, the window of training is training nutrition. So training nutrition just quickly, again, is going to be, you know, fast acting. It's the opposite. All those slow things we talked about that are good for you during daily nutrition, turn that on its head. We want all those fast carbs. We want things that hit our bloodstream within 15 minutes even because you don't want to eat something. A, a lot of times what I'll see is people eating like a, a lot of nuts or like a beef jerky and, and they're only training for two hours. And when you think back to digestion, that's why it's so important to understand digestion a bit. That's still in your stomach when you're taking a shower afterwards. You know, may, Maybe it's helping you with recovery, but if it's your intention that that's going to help you on the ride, it's not. And with something that's setting in your stomach, it increases your risk of, um, of stomach upset. You want things that are through your stomach, nothing kind of set in there. The kind of the goal for me with training nutrition with clients is that they kind of feel, they feel a steady energy, a constant energy, and never full in their stomach. Not like a nausea, hollow feeling, but never like something is actually in their stomach, if that makes sense. Um, so, yeah, training nutrition is very specific, and it's the exact opposite, all the way through that recovery right afterwards. So the million-dollar question usually is, well, why in the world wouldn't that store fat? You know, like, why Why should I believe you to go ahead and keep that? And, and this is where people run into problems, by skimping on training nutrition. When I've worked with um, type 1 diabetics who don't have insulin, their bodies don't make any insulin at all. They have to inject themselves. So this is, you know, people who maybe had it since childhood and, um, and are great athletes. When I first start working with them, what I'll usually do is have them, they have to stop and check their blood sugar every 30 minutes of long rides just so we have, you know, I can kind of chart it and get a good um, know what's happening the whole time because it can be very scary to have a low blood sugar yeah. out there or a really high one. And here we are stuffing them full of training, nutrition, fast-acting carbs. What you'll find is that their bodies are still at risk of a low blood sugar without any insulin at all. And what that tells us is that your body just readily absorbs and uses the carbs kind of passively without this whole insulin reaction. So there's no real chance of fat storage as long as you're, you know, doing it within good parameters. And most of us can't even get enough that we need during training when training hard. Um, so, so, so there's no insulin reaction. So, yeah. so basically during any type, during training, it, your body kind of just shuts, not shuts off, but kind of shuts off. Changes. It, yeah, changes and just uh-huh. shuttles that stuff right to yeah. the right to the machine. Exactly. Cool. And there's, you know, there's current research showing how even overall sedentary lifestyles versus active lifestyles, how our cells are changed from metabolism. You know, the thought that your body stays the same is kind of ridiculous when you think about it. You know, our bodies are 
incredibly complex and do all sorts of things for us. So it, it's weird to think that food would be metabolized the same when you are, you know, full-blown in activity for three hours versus sitting on your couch. Um, and, you know, something that I see with, with athletes a lot too is like, you know, the, the old people of a cliff bar, you know, a lot of times people will eat that just in daily nutrition because they think, oh, it's, you know, it seems healthy enough for me and it's what I eat when I am training. First ingredient but, sugar. See, that's it. First ingredient sugar, but it's 98% organic. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yes, so, so you gotta kind of separate that. I'm not training right now. Why in the world would I need fast acting carbs? And I'm not training, you know, anytime soon. So my window generally is like two hours pre-training all the way through an hour after training. That's training nutrition. Otherwise, we are at daily nutrition. Daily nutrition is the opposite. With someone who trains in the late afternoon, early evening, I'll still, you know, and, and a lot of times when I'm saying training, one thing I was going to say when you said that window, 30 minutes all the way up to 60 to 90 minutes, no, you don't usually need all of this training nutrition, especially for, I should correct, for 60 minutes and less in the research, there's no benefit to it. Maybe during nutrition, during training nutrition. It's, and for the weight that you're carrying, it's not worth it or having to stop or something like that for up to 60 minutes. After that, yes, those carbs that you're getting in you will help you, and especially at high intensity. So for 60 minutes to 90 minutes high intensity, I really worry about this pre and during. And then anything over 90 minutes, I'm usually, um, you know, counseling clients to, to go ahead and add in training nutrition. When someone skimps on training nutrition in order to lose weight, what I find is that they don't meet any of their goals. They're not losing weight because, guess what, they're starving all the time. So afterwards, you know, late at night now, they're having like third, second and third desserts yeah. because they're starving. And for a good reason. And your training they didn't recover suffers very well. too. I mean, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So now you're not losing weight and you're training horribly and you're mad. You're not satisfied yeah. with any foods because you're not eating anything. Yeah. And this happens a lot with those cyclists. There's an overall decrease in food. Um, so what we did with him is we loaded on the healthy fats and the proteins later in the day. Just loaded them. Couldn't believe how much of an avocado I would let him have. You know, just huge mass. The organic coconut oil. And what we found is that he didn't, he, he, he achieved his weight, um, his weight goals. And, you know, he's obviously, it was a lot. And this is just one example. You know, he's, he's training five or six hours a day, but it's just one example. You can, load on those healthier fats and healthier pro and yeah, healthier proteins without storing as much fat. It kind of flies in the face of the old calories in, calories out. And when achieving race weight, there is there is somewhat of a limit and I work with people to also do portion control. But overall we're really honing in on the carbs per day. Not, you know, during the daily nutrition. And this this is so, this is yeah. race weight too. I mean, we have to keep in mind that you know, I don't know how much that shifts if you're just, you know, if you're just the average person that doesn't necessarily want to lose, you know, get into a, a race weight, but they want to keep it within mm-hmm. reason. I don't know how much more is you just basically these levels of intensity for lack of a better term, but you know what I mean? Like levels of intensity of the, mm-hmm. the especially with that training nutrition piece with the, with the daily nutrition, just anyone, let's say someone's 20 pounds overweight. Moderating the carbs is okay. is the way to go. So so yeah, with people I work with people who just want to lose weight too, who you know are we work towards being active but aren't endurance athletes. Yeah, and carbs and and then you can do it even a little bit more because they don't need that training nutrition. Training nutrition is actually training itself actually is kind of a stumbling block to fat loss, as silly as that sounds. 
um, you know, regular exercise and especially um, for endurance athletes, explosive and uh, kind of interval type training, that can help with fat loss, but long, drawn-out, steady training generally hinders it a bit. You're burning a ton of calories out there, but it's slow. Your muscles get very good at it. They don't burn as many calories anymore. You're still taking in calories during it, and it hugely increases your appetite. So um, so that's why this is also tricky. <laughs> mm. And the other thing, yeah. too, is you know, how do you keep from just wanting to train a ton every day because you just want to eat more? Right. You know, by doing this, by thinking, oh, all I'm really increasing <laughs> yes. is my training. <laughs> I don't want to eat another right. stupid bar. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're not, you know, and that's the thing too is people kind of reward themselves. So they think, oh, at the end of the day, I trained, you know, and it's part of it's true, but we take care of that. So let's go back to that early evening mm-hmm. um, training. So right afterwards, a dedicated recovery snack, and this will usually be, you know, it should be carbs and fluids and proteins. I add in the, um, the healthy fat of organic coconut oil and for hard ones, um, L-glutamine as well right afterwards. And then you're back to daily nutrition now because you've just taken care of your recovery. Um, if you've trained really hard, then I add extra protein at dinner. Prote- dinner is usually vegetables. It's a great opportunity to increase recovery is by adding in all these bright, colorful vegetables that have all these antioxidants in them that, you know, help with cell damage. It's a great time. So half a plate of vegetables, um, protein. And healthy fat, and if you if you've trained hard, then we just increase the protein, and then to further increase it, a lot of times before bed, I'll do a protein shake with athletes because what happens when you've trained hard is your muscles are still at risk of being broken down even through the night while you fast because now you're not giving your body, especially for someone who doesn't have a huge amount of fat stores, um, for its body to feed off of, then muscles are at risk. So we do a little bit more protein, and that's been shown in studies to um to decrease fat breakdown during the night. So, and, you know, at night, so you're not training again until 5 o'clock the next day. Those carbs just aren't necessary at that time, at your dinner, again, once you've once you've recovered. So that recovery part is key um, because all you're going to do is, you know, relax and go to sleep. And you'll in, increase um, carbs again during the day just slightly, and then you'll get training nutrition again. And, you know, with, that, with the late so, night piece, um, I used to have a question. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so say, you know, with a... A new baby and all that stuff. I, you know, the summer I was riding extremely late at night. Um, and uh-huh. you know, with something like that, does that really change the window or is that change? Does that do anything or is that like, okay, you get done at, yeah. you know, one or two in the morning or whatever it is. And <laughs> you know, is yeah. it even, you know, cause it's worth training cause you got to get that time in yes, as long is. as you get sleep and you're recovering and that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, yep. but, what considerations do you need to take with a situation like that? It would be to not overeat, especially if, if, if you're at race weight already, then that's great. But if you are trying to lose any weight, then, yeah, it would be to not overeat. So you would get in all that training nutrition, including recovery. Okay. Um, get yourself something in recovery that, you know, like the, a protein shake or something like that that has some volume to it to keep your stomach feeling okay. But, yeah, you need all that protein, all those carbs, healthy fats, L-glutamine, and then it would be to try to go to sleep without too much more after that, um, taking care of your, your needs. And any time you're trading kind of outside the window of a normal day, it is tricky because now you are increasing calories in order to train. I train right now at like 4 a.m. or 
get up at four or so, 5 a.m. So that like adds a whole extra meal to my day, you know, it's, which is kind of weird. But so what I do is I, you know, have my recovery right afterwards. And then when I get home at 7.30, um, instead of having a normal breakfast, I kind of have like a half breakfast. And then I have um, my normal, because I've already recovered. And then I have my normal um, mid-morning snack later. So, and, and really, you know, it, it, there is a lot of tweaking to this. It's hard to come out and say, like, this is, like, the one way to do it. And, you know, this is my very job is helping people with this because it is tricky. But the overall, you know, philosophy of how I do it is to um, look at those carbs and when you need them. Okay. And for people listening, um, you know, as far as all the details and what to eat and that sort of thing, that's where you come in. You have, you know, in addition to the website where you have all these recipes and uh, yeah. tips and all that stuff, what? just a quick reminder of what can you do for somebody if they come to you and say, hey, I, I think I know that. You know, I know the general, but I really need to get it dialed. Mm -hmm. Just a quick, what do you offer? What I do is I tell you exactly what to eat and when to eat it. So, um, yeah, I, for um, custom plans, what I, I, I put together a guide that talks you through all of this, an exact custom meal plan that tells you using foods that you've already told me that you use and like and, you know, with my additions and tweaks, um, you know, breakfast. Here's 10 options that will work for breakfast. All of them are great snack, lunch, and then we throw in exactly where to use that training nutrition if you're, you know, training up to 90 minutes, up to 180 minutes, uh, more than 180 minutes. Um, I, I tell you literally with portions and everything else exactly what to eat and then with coaching after that we follow up and we make tweaks as we go and make sure that you are meeting your goals for both performance. I'm I'm very keen at, you know, I, I like to hone in on the performance. I do not want to hear my clients suffering or feeling lack of energy or anything like that. We, we stop and we reevaluate as soon as that's happening. Like I said, strength to weight doesn't improve if strength goes down. So, um, yeah, it's, it's no one set, one plan fits all sort of thing with the, the custom packet and coaching. We, we continually make it work. And then for you. how do we break the, this is a question that I know people are going to wonder, you know, with the whole calories in, calories out. How do we break that thinking of, you know, okay, so how many calories are we supposed to have? Cause I'm sure you get that question a ton. Yeah. And you know, when, when people are, we'll start with the carbs and then if they need a little bit more, cause your body does not really want to reach weight, race mm -hmm. weight. It's going to fight, you know, it's like, Oh, this is you know not good for me. I like being here. So, um, so then we do look a little bit more at calories as needed. And so there is, a, that's one piece of the puzzle. Okay. You know, that's one piece. And it's okay to think about it a little bit. But, you know, it, it causes a lot of damage a lot of times, really being so concerned about calories. Um, so I, I try to work with people to set a healthy foundation of, of whole foods. So that daily nutrition, that is about wellness, whole foods. You know, we're going to make our bodies feel great. Um, and so you kind of start shifting away from all these numbers. It's an American yeah. thing. Most so just or Western just medicine, focus on those say, good really, whole foods and then worry about the other yeah, stuff. Yeah, and, and reducing okay. the carbs. Yeah, and get those white sugars and starches out of daily nutrition. Um, and then, yeah, uh, sometimes we get, end up looking at calories too a bit, but that's not just one piece of it. It's not the overriding entire thing. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, and it's a tough thing to break. It was for me. I had like a midlife career crisis. Whatever, I kind of changed my whole philosophy about this, but it's much better. And I can imagine. I mean, I'm sure with all the different food topics that change and, you know, I, I don't know how you uh, keep up with it sometimes. 
<laughs> you know, go, switching to much more shopping, <laughs> looking at foods like yep. numbers and switching to looking at it as whole foods. That's that's what changed and made it just so much okay. better. And you know, because it's easy yep. it's easy sitting here for you know, average riders you know, gotta get up in the morning, go to work, think about riding, gotta get your training in, all this stuff, and it's like, man, food is the last thing I need to worry about. And now I don't need to mm-hmm. worry about calories in, calories out, what am I gonna do? And then it becomes, well, now I have to worry about whole foods and I have to time my meals and I don't have time to even cook my meals. Can I freeze the stuff? And it's like all these things going yeah. through their head. So it becomes, you know, that's where I'm, you know, back to what you offer is like, okay, here's the lineup of, you know, don't worry about it. Here it is. Right. It gets you in the mode right. of thinking that way. Yeah, and while I like to cook and I offer some, you know, lots of variety and uh, there's easy options too. Grab and go. I'm, I'm okay with rotisserie chickens, you know, from, from, you know, uh, we, we have, we got it. I'm, you know, I have three kids. I know how busy (laughs) we all are. I'm not, I'm not in my kitchen all day for five hours a day and I don't expect to be. And that keep in mind, you know, like we, like you've said several times during this episode is, you know, this is race weight. So like you said, it's, you know, it's going to be a little bit more aggressive i guess um but uh-huh. it's good to know you know just from a normal perspective too i mean just keep that in mind yep. and it's it's healthy these not only do, does the insulin cycle um promote fat storage it's harmful to your body it's an inflammatory process it's not it's not just this benign oh you know little husky like yeah. <laughs> you know it, it, it's it changes yourself so for the person who's 20 30 pounds overweight your cells become more damaged and sicker with being overweight. Cells change. Cells change whenever we are active versus inactive. They change when we put stresses on our body from being overweight. That's a huge shift in thinking as far as metabolism. It's not just extra fat that's like aside from all our other cells. Our entire bodies change. And, you know, there's all this research coming out to support this now. Well, and the other thing, too, is, you know, you might, you know, there's a lot of people that aren't necessarily fat, they're, you know, might be mm-hmm. skinny people and they're like, well, I eat all this stuff and I'm skinny, but it's like, yeah, but if you're eating yeah. a lot of sugar and, um, just a lot of crap, I mean, there's, you know, yeah. that is harmful on the inside. And like you said, changes your body. Yep. That's, that's the classic 20 year old endurance athlete. Yep. And, um, it does, it changes on the inside. And even though you don't realize it necessarily with that recovery, your risk for injury and being, you know, if you do get respiratory infections, uh, recovering from those quick enough instead of just kind of lingering on forever, that sort of thing is impacted. And if nothing else, it, it'll get you in your, when you're older. Sometimes, you know, I, I, the, my demographic is definitely a little bit older in 20s because of that. People realize they need to stop eating all of that and to switch things up as they get older and older athletes feel a lot more. And that goes into the other, you know, there's other things that goes into, so inflammation, uh, fatigue, um, yeah. all the other podcasts that you've done so far mm-hmm. is ties back into that. So if you're listening yeah. to this and, and wondering, check out the other podcast episodes and she talks specifically about all those little details. Yep. And in the near future, we're going to discuss how to make that dinner that we just talked about, that light, lower carb dinner, easy, fast. All right. So. Cool. So was there anything else, uh, anything else on this one that you had before we, uh, wrapped it up? Nope. Just a reminder, don't skimp on that training nutrition. You need that. Don't, don't do an overall low calorie thing going into this if you're trying to reach race weight. All right. Cool. And if they need, and if they All need right. to contact, have any questions, they try this out 
and they're like, holy man, there's, it's, it's overwhelming. <laughs> How do they contact you? Yep. Kelly is K-E-L-L-I at Apex Nutrition LLC. Dot com and you know an easy thing to do is I do have a downloadable ebook it's you know twenty bucks starts at twenty bucks and I even give a discount for mountain bike radio listeners and if you decide you need my help I'll apply that money towards a custom plan so um it's kind of a, a, a risk free way to do it yep. so check it out shoot her an email shoot me an email at Ben at mountain bike radio if you can't if you can't listen back a couple minutes to find out how to contact her just contact me and we're good yep. so thank you Kelly and I look forward to the next show. All right, then. Thank you.